It's been over a year now since In The Key of Q launched. In our archive, you can find over 50 interviews of queer musicians from around the world and hear their music from rap Unaware of my proclivities to self-sabotage to country soul and rock. These episodes are available on the main feed. You can access them via the website at inthekeyofq.com or wherever you normally listen to podcasts. With the queer audience, I feel like we influence hip-hop. Like, we we control that that realm, even when it comes down to, like, little pieces of slang that they use in, a, in their songs. Like, the world does not spin without the Black gays. Hello, this is Dan Hall. I love popular music and have spent most of my life translating heteronormative content into my gay experience. But I think it's time I stopped translating. And so in this podcast, I'm speaking with musicians from around the world who mirror and inspire my queer journey. Welcome to In The Key Of Q. And this week, I'm delighted to welcome Sad Boy. Hi. (laughs) My music is uh, what I consider Afrofuturism. Um, and it's, I take you on a journey to outer space to be, um, what I like to call in orbit. I'm always out in orbit in space in my spaceship. <laughs> I listen to a lot of different sounds as a, like, as a kid. So like bouncing with my father, bouncing me between house music and hip hop. And then my mother, um, my mother giving me, giving me into the world of like neo soul and like R and B and my sister introducing me to pop and then to digging the internet and then discovering a whole world of electronic. Um, it really sucked me into a space where I like, I like this vibe, but if I do it, I want it to be edgy with my own cadence and style. <laughs> and the quality of the production is amazing. When people listen on headphones, it, it's almost three-dimensional. Is I think it, it, it like, um, I think it just comes to me like in, in that process, it just comes. I don't know how it comes to me, but it just clicks. And um, I think another thing, too, that has a big deal with my sound is my father, because uh, he was a he was a producer. And his if you played my production and you played his production, it sounds very similar. Mm -hmm. Did he actually teach you to produce? I just I just watched him all the time. I just watched as I got older, I started going through like older things around in the house and I discovered that my mom used to sing in a girl group and my mom, she has like this, um, she has this husky low tone and I love it. It's like real, it's real gritty. It's a little bit similar to my voice, but it's a little bit, it's a little bit deeper. And I just held on to that. And then I really wanted to do music, but my parents told me to stay in school and really focus. And <laughs> Hey, that must've been really sure. difficult though, hearing that, <laughs> hearing a DJ dad and a girl group singer mom tell you not to go into music. <laughs> they, they like, we want you to have a career first and then you could come back to music. So I made sure I got my career in tech. And then once I was settled in that, I was like, okay, I'm coming for my music. Let them know that you care and give a damn about me. Will you click me to the world, baby? Let them know. 
let them know that you can replace me. Me and my sister were like pop kids. So like if the TV is on TRL or like, um, or if it's on like 106 in Park, like we knew the choreography to Lose My Breath. We knew the choreography to Britney Spears, Slave For You. I want to know how we learned that because there was no rewinding back then. There yeah. was no on demand where we can watch that or a YouTube, but we learned all of those dances. My sister makes fun of me about it, but I always, as a kid, I, my goal was to be a backup dancer for Britney Spears. <laughs> I always wanted to do that as a kid. That was like my, that was going to, that was my dream job between like five and like eight. I totally, totally get that. When I was about 13, Madonna released a single called Open Your Heart. And the music video for that had a 13, I think 13 or 14 year old kid in it, a guy called Felix Howard. And I just fantasized that I would become Madonna's best friend and then the following year she'd ask me to be in a music video <laughs> the things you make in your head as a child and you're just like yep this is the goal don't know how I'm get, gonna get there but we're gonna get there <laughs> <laughs> and what were your experiences like growing up as a young queer boy everyone knew and I like in in high school and stuff like I kind of I denied it a lot I denied it a lot because people would make it like a thing. And I went to a heavy uh, West Indian school. So it it was a lot of, um, it was a lot going on. And I just denied it a lot. And then like once like we kind of got to like prom and like graduation, I was just like, I don't care. I don't care. I'm going to post what I want on social media. Um, I'm going to be with this guy. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. But every everyone knew everybody i had two younger brothers and they're very like macho do this do that and then i have an older sister that's like she understood like what i like fashion wise and what i like sonically and what i like to watch and she just she kind of like held my hand a lot of the time so and even protected me a lot so it didn't make it so hard on me uh, being queer as a child. I value my um, my childhood. It taught me a lot how to um, how to work hard. Um, even though some people would be like, we're calling, um, <laughs> we're calling, what is it called? Um, child labor on my, on my dad, because he had a cleaning company and like, we all got paid money from it. I was, we were cleaning buildings from when I was like, um, in kindergarten and all the way up through and through high school. And then after high school, we'll work with him in college a little bit. And then we got our own official jobs, but, um. Yeah, I just learned to work hard. You're a young man, and yet you produce music technically. That is so far advanced of your age. I don't know where you learned it or how hard you must have worked in order to get this level no. of expertise, but it's incredibly impressive. Thank you. 
I I try so much to give quality work. <laughs> I feel like if it's not if it's not quality to me, then it should not be touching anybody's ears. Damn, every ton of our shit will be perfect. I shouldn't have to dread for you to send all these sad faces. I mean, I don't like that you became this person. I know you want your shot, but show me that you ain't shit. You live another life with me behind these clothes curtains. Do you think maybe it's fair to say, sad boy, that there is an emotional honesty in your music that possibly hasn't been prevalent in the hip hop scene until recently? I, de- I definitely agree. I feel like as a culture, especially in a black community, I feel like we're taking um, taking the proper steps for like mental illnesses and displaying emotions and uh, being okay with that because um, a lot of us are told that we should go to the church instead of speaking to a therapist or we just sweep things on the rug and keep it moving. And with the black community, it's sound like sort of like men aren't allowed to display their emotions. It's very uh hyper masculine. I feel like that's that's my main point of uh of making this music is kind of like my it's okay for black boys to display emotion and to communicate that to their family, to their lover, to whomever. But to be able to explain explain that and be okay with it. So what do you think then that it is within you that has made you do this very difficult thing of swimming against the tide? Um I've always been like a um I've always been like super rebellious. So <laughs> so you know when you have that back and forth with your parent and and I'm like, well, I'm kind of already in trouble, so I might as well say what what I feel. Because if I don't say, I'll be even more upset. Cause... <laughs> yeah, because literally, if like if I keep quiet now, then I'm not going to get anything. But at least if I keep on going, I might get more shit. But at least I'll get my voice heard. Yeah, so I'm just like, I might as well say how I feel <laughs> and, and get it over with. So where do you think this need for masculinity, this need to be hard, comes from? I think it's just genetically pushed down in, in us where we have to be tough. And I think that comes from like slavery and stuff. I think it's a big thing that's engraved in us. But it's with this new generations like the millennials and Generation Z, I think we're on the up of ending a lot of things that that stem stem from the past. Mm -hmm. When I was doing research for this podcast, I stumbled across a quote in Sleek magazine that said, the mere notion of emotionally charged hip-hop probably would have left N.W.A. in Public Enemy in a fit of laughter. Times have changed, though, mm-hmm. and today's pop culture has embraced the phenomenon, allowing it to appear across all genres and styles of music. Yeah. And it's people like you doing it. Yeah. <laughs> I think as the content from younger people comes out and with us voicing a lot of um, what we want, and what we want to go for and not being afraid to express ourselves, I think it's really big. And I think one of the people that kind of like pioneered it for us in hip hop is Drake. Drake has opened a door for a lot of a lot of us. Mm-hmm. I know Jay-Z, he had his couple moments where he's vulnerable and and uh, but um but Drake really opened up the door for uh for rap to to give that vulnerability. So is it fair to say then that vulnerability and queerness are really, really quite new onto the hip hop scene? Yeah, I think it's really, really new to um to do that. And I spe- I feel like especially from the queer community, we're 
we're very much we're going to be strong through everything um but you know i feel like even with with us we still got that soft spot where we're like okay maybe i need to take the walls down a little bit so i can like breathe i would say it's like a force to kind of protect we're always on defense to protect ourselves Mm -hmm. so you can even see it in our walk you can see it in and our demeanor when in our faces and everything it's it's a uh, defense mechanism which is is slowly coming down <laughs> with a with a lot of us when we're having more conversations but um mm. is it's changing it's changing a lot i think that's quite a normal reaction though i mean certainly i think when people i feel people are looking at me strangely or i get a look on the street because i'm holding my partner's hand uh I, you know, my immediate reaction is to be more open and more gay as as a as a kind of political defiance. You know, if you're going to disapprove of who I am, then I'm going to make it more visible as a as my way of saying it's really none of your business. Yeah, I mean that's that's just the simple thing, but I'm just like they're gonna talk regardless because of the way that I walk or the way that I turn my head or it's. It's always going to be something, so I just might as well go out with a bang. <laughs> <laughs> now, one of the things I love about doing this podcast is I'm finding and really discovering new genres of music that I wasn't necessarily across that world before. And I really would not have thought of hip-hop as being a particularly queer genre. With the queer audience, I feel like we influence hip-hop. We influence hip-hop with like, to like even being behind the scenes with like fashion like we we control that that realm even when it comes down to like little pieces of slang that they use in in their songs like it might be from like five years ago the slang is a term the terms are created by the black queer community but we're still we're still make in the mix of of the culture. The world does not spin without the black gaze. It just does not. When it comes to fashion, music, everything, we kind of, we're like the first to jump on everything. So why do you think then you are not at the front? Why are you still in the background influencing, but not front stage center? With the black queer community, we we don't have, um, we don't push each other up a lot. I feel like once we start supporting each other, that's when we're going to win. Like I see a lot of us doing collaborations with each other. A lot of us are starting to become friends with each other and and hang out and do different things. I think it's bubbling now. But before there wasn't like a big like group of people, you'd be like, okay, we're going to do this all together and we're going to make it to the top. Why you fuck around with me like this? You hit me on text message You ask if I'm missing you I reply like sure I do You reply like sure you do I'm always trying to spend time with you You never make time for me I'm always trying to figure out Why you got me here too One of those two nights to be with you I think for the For our community I think the only The only ones that I really like Pushing Pushing forward is Emanike, and he does a lot of background work too, but he also comes to the forefront every now and again. And a little Nas X, and that's that's pretty much who's like, those are like our main two at the moment right now. I wanna fuck with you, know that two can play that game. I won't sit here and be lame. 
You can play me, I like pool, and I just won't play to the roof. Hey, this is John from the Song Surfing Podcast. Song Surfing is a playlist of independent music pulled from the far reaches of the internet. I've been searching for music on Bandcamp, SoundCloud, Spotify, Slaps, Audius, Instagram, and a few others. And in each episode of Song Surfing, I present some excellent tunes by a diverse group of interesting independent artists. So if you'd like to discover new artists and explore some music from around the world, then come Song Surfing with me. Song Surfing is available on all podcast apps, as well as Spotify and Amazon. Do you feel, sad boy, that your own queer identity is an important part of your music? Is it important for your audiences to know about it so that they can properly interpret the music that you're creating? Um, I, I feel like in the music, I try to not give away pronouns because I want it to feel universal. Um, I just want it. I just wanted people to feel emotion um, more though than it being a he or a her. I just wanted people to feel comfortable to to listen to my sound and to enjoy it. But when you see me on a stage, is giving gay boy from New York <laughs> that that does choreography and he's gonna throw his head a certain way and move his body. That's like that's me. Um, even in the pictures, like it gives it gives that. So, and I think that's a really good message to give and to put out there. Yeah, because all around the world, our shared queerness gives us a common bond. We can be from different countries and have different skin colors and different backgrounds and be at different ages, but we do have this shared experience of knowing pretty much from the adult what it's like to not quite fit in. Yeah, I don't quite fit in at all, and I. I really do think that that is a genuine, huge bond. You know, there are lots and lots of problems with being gay and lots of problems with being queer, but as a benefit, that's an amazing one to have a commonality with so many people around the world. That's just wonderful. And I think it really helps you with being a chameleon. Like you're able to fit in in different, in different spaces. Like I can be in my, I can be in my gay world. I can be in the everyday world or I can be in the in-between or like it really makes you be a chameleon where you can switch your colors around of like what you want to do. So with all the genres around the world to pick from and a family house that was playing lots and lots and lots of music, what made you decide hip hop? I really love drums. I feel like hip hop just knows how to do drums well. And I love rock music with the drums and everything and the per- percussions, but drums and hip hop are just a different thing for me. Completely. And and the rhythms that, that you get in hip hop are incredibly complex. You know, you'll have like, there'll be a triplet over here and that'll be syncopated against a 4-4 four, four somewhere else. Yes. And sometimes your head just ends up spinning. Yes. And then sometimes when you when you play these these newer records, like some of the some of the uh, instruments, they're panning in different ears, so it feels like an um an experience. Well, that very neatly brings us back to your music because that's exactly what your music is. You know, I suggest people put on some really really good headphones and just lose themselves in a bit of sad boys music. Yo, hey, Sky, these niggas calling you on the phone. 
It's just been bullshit on top of bullshit. In like three and a half minutes, you you take us to these strange kind of empty, lonely places. It, it kind of brings to mind, you know, the derelict docks at New York in the early eighties, and and just all it's sorts like a of, realm. <laughs> abs- yeah, yeah, it's it is like a realm. You know, I, I would love to see what you would do with a commission that was like, you know, one hour. You got an hour and one track, sixty minutes and one track. That ooh. <laughs> I'm like, it's got to be a whole hour and just one track and see what you do with it. I feel like it'd be cool. It'd be a little vocoder, and then I'll give some crazy type of run, and I'll give like a crazy synth and some drums and a heavy bass. I love heavy bass, and um, just play. Or sometimes like I'll do like little stutters and have things shred. Uh, my vocals or I'll loop my vocals. I, as me, 60 minutes doing things, doing something like that is an easy way to get lost. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be like, oh my God, that shithead in London's put this idea in my head and now I've not had any sleep <laughs> for three days. But it's kind of fascinating because it, it almost brings us round to a sort of 1970s prog rock in a way. You know, the idea of creating these, these acoustic landscapes in these large spaces, in these long, long tracks. It's wonderful to think that, uh, I suppose, it's, it's that old expression, isn't it? Everything old is new again. But imagine how amazing it would be to do a sort of prog rock album, but with your style. Yeah, you could. You honestly could just get lost. And I'm just always like, yes, I love that. I taking you to out of out of whatever realm you were in and brought you into mine and you and you love it. So sad boy, imagine I'm one of our subscribers and I come to your music for the first time. What message are you giving me? I'm trying to say that it's okay to display emotion. It's okay to show that. You've been hurt. It's okay to show that you've been sad. It's okay to display that you've been angry. Any type of emotion, like it's okay to love and to embrace that love. Like that's that's my main goal. I feel like we're kind of shifting. The culture is shifting, especially with uh, with streaming. It's giving so many people uh, platforms uh, now to really like not need a label, not to be groomed by a label, to really just trailblaze and just push without um, that big machine behind you. Like there are indie artists that really uh, that really killed it, especially um, Lil Nas X. That whole first run of um, Old Town Road, that was independent. That record was moving independently and kept climbing the charts and climbing the charts. I don't think he, I don't think he signed until like he went, almost got to number one. Don't don't you think you'd be tempted though if a major label came to you and said, you know, quit the quit all the gay stuff and we'll sign you up? Yes, because it's like okay, I want to I want to eat breakfast tomorrow. But do, should I do this in order to like have breakfast for everybody and not just for myself? (laughs) 
So actually, you're you're really a bit of a philanthropist, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> and I suppose in a way, your music is is saying that. You know, if you want to be vulnerable, if you want to be nice, if you want to be anything, yeah. just be that. That's my vibe. <laughs> See the time, but it's on and now. I flip the pace, but I drift to when I found. I get caught up in the moments when you were mine, but you're lost chasing down. So then, sad boy, on the date of recording this, uh, which is the 12th of February, I believe you've just released a new single. Yes, if you could, you can drop the bomb like Funk Master Flex does on a radio Hot 97. <laughs> <laughs> can you tell uh, us a bit about it? Uh, yeah, um, I made this record um, called Phil's. I think I'm, I I produced it on my lunch break at work. What? Most people on their lunch breaks sit in their cars and eat sandwiches. No, not me. <laughs> <laughs> so I produced it in the parking lot. Um, of my job and like um I got it to a point where it sounds futuristic but you get those elements of like that EDM and then the hook is just very pop It really terrifies me how talented the young generation are. You know, you, you sit in parking lots and you make records. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. You know, I consider a successful <laughs> lunch break to be not spilling mustard and, and pickle down my front. <laughs> whereas, whereas you go and make a record. I'm just like, yeah, I'll, I'll make a record. And then I'm like, okay, it's time for my lunch break is over. It's time for me to go back in. I tell you what, you make everyone listening to this feel hideously unproductive. <laughs> So what do you think 15-year-old sad boy would make of your catalogue? Oh, he would um he would be in love. <laughs> like obsessed. <laughs> obsessed. Do you think that even when you were 15, you'd be sort of rummaging around on the internet yeah. and on podcasts looking yeah, for like, new content? Um, I would say like in high school, um, this is before like SZA got really big. Like Frank Ocean, Party Next Door, The Weeknd. I was going through like them on Tumblr. I found them on Tumblr and like was obsessed. FK Twigs, I found her on, on Tumblr as well. I suppose the internet can can be two extremes, can't it? It can be a really, really sour place, but it, it can also be fantastic and creative and, and a space to discover things. It's It's different sections. Yes, you can you can get lost. You can get lost on either ends of the internet on the good side or the bad side. My my main aim really on this podcast is to allow musicians like you to reach a wider audiences, wider international audiences, ideally, yeah. and also for audiences to discover your music and to not feel themselves alone in the world. If there was one song of yours that well, that was a perfect entry into your catalog, what do you think it would be? I think I'm going to have to roll with AM to PM. AM to PM is kind of like, it's a really soft, uh, like, to me, I feel like it's a bubblegum uh, sad boy record. 
but it's really soft and it's full of love and it's very light. It's just expressing to whoever you love at the moment or you're entertaining at the moment that you want to be with them and ride for them and be everything that you uh, can. Everything's burning to me, but I try my best. I see in contact and vocalize how I felt. We grow and build to be much fonder. They can't see the cold that's inside us. I'ma stick it out, ride it slow, grind it out here for ya. Gonna keep it in the pocket when bitches don't see it for you. I'm here. And you ain't never gotta worry about what's not clear. Just know I'm riding AM to PM. Sad boy, thank you so, so much for joining us today. And we really look forward to hearing more of your material coming out in this year. Thank you. Please do rate and review this podcast on your podcast provider. It'll really help other people find it. You can support the podcast by visiting patreon.com slash in the key of Q. Of course, it's always lovely to hear your thoughts and ideas and maybe future guests for the show. You can reach out on all the usual social media platforms or email me directly on dan at in the key of It'll be great to hear from you. Our theme music is by Pauline Nidu at unstoppablemonsters.com. Big thanks to Kajun Kantha and Murray Lang for their support in making this episode. And additional thanks to Phil Samba. I'm Dan Hall and this podcast is made at Pup Media Consultancy. See you next Tuesday. <laughs> you know, I just want to let you know that I'm... Next time on In the Key of Q. I did it at the last show I did. I walked out. I only had one song left to do. And I just said, do you want a single or do you want a moment? <laughs> you know, just threw it out there. And of course, moment. People want a moment. That's Brendan McLean. Next time on In the Key of Q.